Hey there, and welcome to the Rock Reavers podcast. Here we are all about believing and proclaiming the word. We're totally given to true worship and obedient in taking the gospel to the nations through missions. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you'll be blessed by this message. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, The Move, for ministering to us. Uh, I'd like to ask the media team to give us our statement of faith. So please indulge me in reminding ourselves of our statement of faith. I am a winner and not a loser. I am a victor and not a victim. I have changed my mind and my attitude to reflect what God says about me. My faith is built on God's word. I can do all that God says I can do. Nothing is impossible from this moment on. For I am a new breed, a new kind, a remnant, and I am after my purpose. Praise God. You are after your Papas, let's dive into the book of Ruth, Ruth 1. I promise at some point we shall move on from Ruth 1, but there is something that God wants to do in your life. So tell your neighbor, hold on, hold on. Ruth 1 in the NIV. Ruth 1, like one from one. <laughs> Not one ten. I'm sure by now you know this story by heart, but we will read it again for the purpose of today's preaching. Now, in the days, you can read with me when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons. They went and lived in the far country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, his wife's name was Naomi, and the names of his sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites, men from Ephraim, from Bethlehem in Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpa, the other Ruth. After that, they lived 10 years in marriage. Both Marlon and Kilion also died after 10 years of marriage, and Naomi was left with her two sons and her husband. When she heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people, by providing food for them, Naomi and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living in Moab and set out to the road that would lead them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show kindness to you as you have shown to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will rest in the home of another husband. 
Then she kissed them and they wept aloud and said to her, we will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight, today, and gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it is more bitter for me than it is for you because of the Lord's hand that has gone against me. And at this they wept again. But notice that one of them, Orpah, kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth, the Bible says, clung to Naomi. But Ruth clung to Naomi. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law Orpah is going back to her people, is going back to her gods, the gods of Moab. Go back with her to Moab. But Ruth replied, do not urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. It depends now with where you heard this song. There are those who heard it from Gloria Muliro. There are those who heard it from Matt Redman. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God shall be my gods. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people shall be my people. Your God shall be my God. I'd like us to notice the determination with which Ruth clings on to Naomi. Naomi is a widow. Naomi has no inheritance to give her. Naomi has no influence to grant her. But Ruth, by revelation, clings on to Naomi. And at some point, we will handle that. Now, last week we talked about pushing back against darkness. And I believe God is giving us a charge that in our generation, Marlon and Killian will not die while we watch. That in our generation, we have purposed. I have purposed, I know. My brothers have purposed. My wife has purposed. That we shall push back against the darkness. That our story shall be told 2,000 years from now. Because we are men and women that refused to let Marlon and Killian die. The story of Rivers Church shall be told 2,000 years from now, if God allows for the world to continue that long. Because we have purposed to be relevant to our generation. Now the charge that God has given us as believers is not just to push back the darkness, but it's also to take godly authority and take charge over the mountains of influence of this world. It's a threefold charge. I like three, yeah? The first one is to push back against the work of darkness. The second one is to yield authority over the mountains of influence of this world. The third one is to share the gospel so that many other people can come to the knowledge of this God that gives us authority and that gives us power to push back against the darkness. Now, let me say that God is shouting about this matter. 
God is shouting about this matter of kingdom dominion. God is saying it and saying it. God said it through Pastor Stan on Friday. If you are here, God is saying it again through me today. God is shouting about this matter. Now when God shouts, God says that you should pay attention to this matter. Now give me, give me Isaiah. Give me Isaiah chapter 2. Isaiah chapter 2. We will get to Ruth in a minute. Isaiah chapter 2. Have you gone to look for Isaiah the person? I mean Isaiah, <laughs> Isaiah the text in the Bible. This is what Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Verse 2. Verse 2 says, In the last days, I want us to read this together. In the last days, which are the last days? It is these days that we are living in. The Bible says that the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief. The mountains of the Lord's temple in these last days will be established as chief amongst the mountains. Now Bible says it will be raised above the hills and all the nations, all the nations of the world. Syria, Uganda, Nigeria, Egypt, Macedonia, they shall trim to the mountain of the Lord. Verse 3. Many people will come and say, Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord. To the house of who? The God of Jacob. He will teach us his way so that we may walk in his path. The law will go out from Zion. The word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Now give me Micah chapter 4. Give me Micah chapter 4. One, one, one. Four, one. Micah chapter 4. I'd like us to read it together. Again it says, in the last day. The mountain of the Lord's temple. Now I know some of you are wondering whether we are still reading Isaiah chapter 2. But this is Micah chapter 4. This is what I mean when I say God is shouting. God speaks through Isaiah. But then God speaks through Micah. And he says, in these last days, hear ye those who will be believers in the last day, that the temple of the Lord, the mountain of the Lord's temple, will be established as chief amongst the mountain. It will be raised above the hills and the peoples will stream to it. Many nations, again, will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his path. The law will go out from Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. God has been shouting about this matter. God speaks through Isaiah about this matter of kingdom dominion. God speaks again through Micah about this matter of kingdom dominion. God is speaking 
through our modern prophets about this matter of kingdom dominion. He spoke through Pastor Stan on Friday. He's speaking through me again this Sunday. And I believe my mandate today is to tell you that God has called us to conquer the mountains of this world. That God has called us as believers to be relevant to this world in pushing the kingdom agenda. To be relevant in this world. To be the solutions to the needs of this world. Now God is amazing because what he does is he gives us examples to follow. Now Pastor Sun mentioned about a man called Pastor Sun mentioned about a man called Elisha. Do you remember the story of Elisha in 2 Kings chapter 8? 2 Kings chapter 8 talks about Elisha who was a prophet based in Samaria. And at the time, Elisha understood what it meant to have kingdom influence. Elisha was so influential that the king of Israel consulted him on military tactics. In 2 Kings chapter 6, it says that the king of Aram had planned to lay siege against Israel. And the Bible says that God sent a word to Elisha, and Elisha sent a word to the king, that do not use this route because the king of Aram is planning to ambush you. Now the Bible says that the king of Aram was puzzled because this was top secret. This was top secret military strategy. So he asked his people, how is it? that the people of Israel know what I want to do against them. In fact, the Bible says that he suspected one of his people was a spy. But then they said that the king of Israel has a secret weapon. They said that the king of Israel has a man called Elisha. Thank you, thank you. The king of Israel has a man called Elisha, a prophet in that land. There is a prophet who tells him, this is what the word of God says in 2 Kings chapter 6 verse 12, a prophet who tells him what you discuss in your bedroom. Like God had given Elisha such prophetic insight that he would know what the enemies of Israel were discussing in their bedroom. Elisha was a man that yielded kingdom influence and Israel was blessed because of the presence of Elisha in their generation. Now, this world must be blessed because of your presence in this generation. This world will be blessed because you were born in this generation. That there are ills that will not survive. There are schemes of the enemy that will not survive in this nation because there was a man called Kamar in this nation. There is a pattern of corruption that will not prevail in this land because there was a woman called Joy in this nation. God has called us to dominate every mountain of this world with the influence of the kingdom. We are called to be influencers for the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, now there is something interesting about God. God knows how to custom make you for influence. God knows how to make to custom make you for influence in the mountain that he has called you to. For those of you that God has called to take, God knows how to custom make you for the mountain that he has called you. For those of you that God has called for marriage and family ministry, God knows how to custom make you for that. The move, because God has called you to influence a mountain of worship, God has custom made you for that. 
Now it's interesting that one of the people who yielded influence in Babylon is a man called Daniel. Do you remember the story of Daniel? Now there are two things that stood out about Daniel. They knew that Daniel would pray to his God every morning and he refused to pray to another God. But the second thing about Daniel is captured in the book of Daniel chapter 1 verse 17. Now in Daniel 1.17, the Bible says that there is one thing that God gave Daniel. God gave him wisdom, insight, understanding in the literature of the Chaldeans. God is, give, is able to give you insight into finance. God is able to give you insight into tech. God is able to give you insight into marriage and family. God is able to make you the pioneer of ideas that have not been seen on this world. The reason that Daniel served five kings was not because he prayed in the morning. The reason that Daniel served five kings, praying in the morning was part of it, was because he had something to contribute in the boardroom of the king. The king did not allow Daniel to be in the boardroom because someone told him this guy prays in the morning. In as much as nothing good comes out of his mouth, he prays in the morning. After praying and seeking God, God gave him what? Wisdom and insight into the literature of the Chaldeans. God is able to give you understanding into the field, into the mountain that he has called you so that you stand out. So when God sends you to be an influencer in tech and you work in Safaricom, my brother, come out. God is able to make you brilliant so that when the CEO looks at you, he wonders what kind of wisdom is this? What kind of understanding is this? Now for some of us, we have understood the, the modus operandi of this influence. Some of us, our Christianity is known to be a disturbance to the office. That when people are trying to work, you, you're speaking in tongues in the office and making noise for others. And you're claiming influence, influence, influence. And you're walking around the CEO's chair. Influence, influence. I take over. You will be fired, my brother. <laughs> that is not the modus operandus of this influence. God is able to give you wisdom. God is able to give you understanding. That when you sit in MBA classes, you will just understand because God is preparing you to take over the mountain that he has sent you to take over. Let me illustrate with one more text. Exodus 31. Give me Exodus 31. Media team. Exodus 31. Exodus 31. Oh. Then the Lord said to Moses, let's continue, to see, I have chosen who? Bezalel, son of Uri, Urai, then the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have what? Filled him with the spirit of God. What has God done? Filled him with the spirit of God. And with the spirit of God, what else came to Bezael and Oholiab? With skill and ability and knowledge. With skill and ability and knowledge in all kinds of crafts. 
Now, Bezalel and Oholiab are the men that build the Ark of the Covenant. God is able to give you skill, knowledge, and impact by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God is able to make your craft stand out if you're an artist. God is able to make your beds different if you're a carpenter. There'll be something about the skill that comes from heaven. The designs that you put in to the area, to the mountain that God has called you unto because it is wisdom that is gotten from the throne room. So I pray today that God shall open up our minds. That by the spirit of God we shall influence our mountains. That by the spirit of God we shall be the best at what we do in the mountains that God has called us to stand in. That there shall be a time that God shall raise a president from rivers. And that president shall not emotionally blackmail us to vote for them because they come for service here. But men shall look at you and see your skill, your integrity, your leadership and want you to rule over them. God is able to give you influence. So I have come to announce to you as a servant of God in this house that God is raising us to take over our mountains of influence for the kingdom. That as we push back the darkness, we should also push on the goods. That as we push back the darkness, we should also take over for the sake of the kingdom of God. The mandate that we have to serve God is bigger than the church. When God calls you to the work of service, he's not just calling you to be an usher. He's not just calling you to be in the worship team. God has a broader mandate for you. The prophecy says that nations will stream to you. God has called you for a global agenda. Now as a generation and as a church, I pray that we shall resolve today and moving forward that Malon and Kilon shall not die in our generation because apart from pushing back the darkness, we shall push forth the good. That in the next five years, Rivers Church shall have produced a man who shall stand and by the power of the Holy Spirit shall rule with wisdom, influence and skill and men shall look at that man and say, this is the man that wants to rule and reign over us. God is calling us to take charge of the mountains that he has granted us. Now the book of Revelation refers to this in Revelation chapter 1 when God says that we are a people that have been chosen to be what? A kingdom and a priests. KJV says that he has made us to be what? To be kings. He has made us to be priests. Kings carry the authority and influence of the kingdom forward. Priests intercede for the people to God. God has called us to have a concern for the people that shall be carried through us to him, but to also have a mandate to colonize this world with the gospel. I know that as you look at me, you see the power of colonization. If the British had not come to Kenya, I would probably be preaching to you in a sisal skirt. The reason I'm wearing a coat <laughs> is because there was a white man who came and because of the power of colonialism, I am wearing a coat that my ancestors did not wear. The reason I am preaching to you in English is because there are people who came from England and because of the power of colonialism, 
I am speaking a language that is not natural to my ancestors. That is the power of colonialism. God is calling us to colonize this world with the gospel. That everywhere people look around, they should see gospel traits because we have taken over the mountains of God and brought on the influence of the kingdom of God. Not just to this world, not just to this country, but to the nations that God has called us to. God is saying that people should rejoice in this world because there was a believer. People should rejoice in this country because there was a Nyawera. People should rejoice in this country because there was a Lovi. People should rejoice in this country because you are here. People should say that, thank God we had that man because corruption ended because of that man. God is calling us to yield influence in the mountain of authority that he has given us. Now the beauty about God is once he gives you a charge, he gives you the resources that you need to accomplish the charge. God says that within you there is domiciled a power. The same power that raised Christ from the dead. And he says that there is nothing that this power cannot do. This power that comes by the Holy Spirit, there is nothing that this power cannot do. Look at Elisha. God gave him the resources of heaven that at the time the people of Aram tried to rally against Elisha as a secret weapon of Israel. God sent a multitude of angels and they protected him. And Elisha was able to see that greater is he that are with him than those that are on in the world and against him. God is able to give you the resources to back the mandate to back the commission that he has granted to you. So I pray for you today as your pastor that God shall open the eyes of your heart, that God shall enlighten your understanding, that he shall enable you to know the area that he has called you to yield influence for the kingdom. He shall enable you to know the area that he has called you to be the one that shall find a solution for this land. That out of this church shall arise a person who shall discover a solution for the problem of drought in Northeastern. That there shall be a man and woman who shall arise and discover a solution for the drought in Northeastern. That there shall be a man and a woman who shall come up with such a great leadership module from heaven my brother Kagunda, that shall change the face of this country. God has called us to yield influence and change the face of this land. Marlon and Killian shall not die in our generation while we are here. Marlon and Killian shall not die in our generation while we are here. Amen. Now, I want to highlight two things that you need, then we can pray. Hopefully, in the next 10 minutes, two things that you need that I believe that God has revealed to me through the book of Ruth. Two things that you need. Now, it's interesting that the, the verse I have just read to you shows that Ruth has an undying devotion to Naomi. Have you noticed that undying devotion? There is sense in what Naomi is telling Ruth, go back to your people. I have no more children to give you as husbands. I have no land where I'm going to offer you. It would be better for you if you went back to Moab. You're still young. You're still beautiful, I believe. And you can find other Moabite husbands. But Ruth clings on to Naomi. She clings on to Naomi. 
In fact, one of the things that she says is, may God deal with me ever more severely if I leave you, Naomi. Now let me do something called spoiler alert. Do you know what spoiler alert is? Is when someone comes and you're watching a movie and you're curious to know what will happen at the end of the movie. Do you know what? That have you ever had that feeling? You no, know, you're watching Alejandro. Alejandro is stuck between, you know, Jane Rose and Wamboy. You know, Kumkumbagia. And you know, you you are rooting for Wamboy. Your wife is rooting for 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 Jane Rose. And you're like, who will Alejandro end up with? Then someone walks in and says, Alejandro and Jane Rose got married. That's what a spoiler alert is. So I'll give you a spoiler alert in the book of Ruth. Ruth ends up getting married, for those who haven't read the whole story. And she gets married to a guy called Boaz. And Boaz is rich. Boaz is a bazoo. He has land, he has wealth, he has money. Boaz is rich. Now over and above that, over and above God giving her a righteous, pious, rich husband, God allows Ruth, who was a Moabite, we will address this next Sunday, to be the great-grandmother of David. And to be the great grandmother of Jesus. God is amazing. Now at this point, I suspect that truth had a revelation that Naomi was important to her destiny. There is something in the inside of her that made her know that I have to follow this woman. I don't know where she's taking me, but there is a revelation in her spirit that testified that Naomi is important to her destiny. Now, there are men that are very important to your destiny. God has called us to work with other men as we try, as we push to take over the mountains of influence that he has called us to take over. This is not a journey that God has called to you to walk alone. God has called you to work with other men. God has set apart men for you that will enable you reach your destiny. God has set about a cup bearer and a baker for Joseph that will whisper to the king about a man who can interpret dreams. God has set apart an Ananias who will be used by God to pray for Paul so that the scales would fall off his eyes and who would be used by God to baptize Paul with the Holy Spirit. God has men for you. And I pray that today that God will enable you to find your men. God will enable you to find your men. God will enable you to know the people that he has called you to co-journey with in this journey of purpose, in this journey of destiny. In Pentecostal circles, I call them destiny helpers. God has surrounded you with destiny helpers. So I pray that today you shall find your destiny helper. You shall find the man that God has set apart for you. Now the challenge and the problem is the problem of bread. The book of Ruth is all about the problem of bread. The challenge is when we look or when we are seeking for destiny helpers, sometimes we look at them with the eyes of flesh or we look for them in the eyes of flesh and we look at them according to the amount of bread that they can grant you. I know that God has called Pastor Stan Klaus Agacho to you, my brother, to be your pastor. But sometimes when you look at him, you look at him with the eyes of bread. You look at him and wonder, might he be able to give me a loan? He looks like he has the kind of money that I need to change my life. But there is something that God has deposited in the inside of him that is greater than bread. If you knew the gift of God that was in him, then you would seek that gift and you would not seek the bread that you can get from his hand. 
Some of your destiny helpers are in the village that you have been overlooking because they do not dress like you or because they do not drive the car that you drive. Ruth's destiny helper was a widow who had nothing to offer her at that time, materially, nothing. No inheritance, no money. She was old. She probably was a burden to her when they were walking. At times, I'm sure she had to sit down so that Ruth would go and look for water for her. At that point, her destiny helper looked like a burden. Some of you, there are men that look like burdens in your life, but they are your destiny helpers. They are the ones that God will use to get you to the mountain of influence that he has called you unto. So today as we pray, I want to pray that the eyes of your understanding shall be open so that you shall locate your destiny helpers. You shall locate men. Some have silver and gold, but some do not have. But what they have, you need. What they have will change your life. What they have will enable you to move through the seasons of life as God has planned for you to move in. There are men that God has called to surround you in your cold season. There are men that God has called to celebrate you in your warm season. And all these men can only be found by revelation. So I pray for you today that God shall enable you to understand the mountain that he has called you unto and that God shall open your eyes so that you may see your ministry cojoners, so that you may see your destiny helpers, so that you may see the men that God has called for you. As I finish, let me tell you, church, that this influence, this taking over mountains, does not come apart from belonging to the body of Christ. It is not because of your skill or your wit. It is important that you are plugged in to the body of Christ. Now, the Bible says that this mountain shall be exalted as chief amongst all mountains, amongst the mountains of IT, amongst the mountains of health. The chief of the mountains shall be the mountain of God. It's important for you to note that. Now, if you have ever studied geography about mountains that are arranged in an order, most of the time, the refreshing for the other mountains came from the chief mountain. So the rivers came from the biggest mountains to the smaller mountains. So the refreshing for you to be able to take over the mountain that God has called you unto has to come from the chief mountain. That is the mountain of God. There is no influence for the kingdom if you do not belong to the kingdom. Now one of the things that God has done in the chief mountain is he has given us, your ministers as gifts to you. In Ephesians chapter 4, the Bible says that after Jesus ascended, he descended and when he descended, he gave gifts to men. He called some to be apostles, prophets, preachers, teachers. And what was the mandate of this? To prepare you for the work of service so that the whole body might be fully built up until you reach unity in the knowledge and the image of the Son of God. There is no influence apart from being part of the mountain of God. It is from the mountain of God downwards. It is from the mountain of God downwards. So there is no solo journey. There's no solo hero. This is not a Superman story. You're a hand. And the beauty of the hand is in the context of the body. 
you are a neck. The beauty of the neck is seen in the context of the body. You are a foot. The beauty, the influence, the impact of the foot is seen in the context of a body. So the foot serves the body in church, but serves the world as part of the body. Forget influence apart from being part of the mountain of God. So let us to stand and pray. Let me invite us to stand and pray for the next 10 minutes. Let me invite us to stand. I need you to pray for yourself. Today we are going to be selfish. I need you to think about yourself. Forget about lunch. Forget about uh, a sick relative. Forget about anyone from your family. Today God wants to do selfish business with you. And I would like you to pray for three things. Pray that God shall allow you to know the mountain of influence that he has called you unto. Number two, pray that God shall help you locate the men that you need to walk this journey of purpose with. Pray that God shall help you locate the place that you need to be anchored in so that you may conquer the mountain that God has called you to conquer. Pray that God shall give you divine solutions. There is that thing in your spirit that gives you righteous indignation. For some of us, for me, it's corruption. And I know that God shall use me to change the story of corruption in this land. Find that thing that gives you righteous indignation. And start praying about it and say, God, I want to be a solution in my nation. That in my time, let men testify that you used me to advance your good. You used me to advance your impact. Pray that God shall place you in that place where you need to be so that you may have your influence. For some of you, God is going to make you kings in this world. But for others, God is going to give you influence over kings. You could be the house help of the king, but God will give you influence over kings. Pray that God will orchestrate scenarios that will, have, that will need a solution that only you carry. That there will be a Naaman who needs to be healed of leprosy and only you will know where the prophet is. That there will be a king who needs for a dream to be interpreted but only you will know how to interpret that dream. That there will be an Egypt that is about to starve and only you will have the strategy to keep Egypt from starving. That there will be an Israel that is at war but only you will have the prophetic insight to advise the king on how to go about war. Pray that God will give you his wisdom. Come on, just speak to your God today. God wants to sharpen you as a tool in his hands so that you may yield influence in the area, in the mountain that he has called you unto so that in your generation, Marlon and Kilion shall not die. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for sticking into the end. We hope you are blessed by this message. Follow us for more of these messages when new episodes drop and make sure to rate us so that more people can find out about us. Bye-bye.